What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are ready to dive into this message here with you and we stand in the last Sunday of 2023. So we got a a sermon here for you um, entitled, That's a Wrap, because we're about to wrap up this year and move into the new year. And so we're kind of like in that in-between, if you will. And so um, I'm going to share some things with you. I believe we have heard from God here on this message to really speak to this moment of teaching on season change, transition, and kind of how we walk with God um, through time, right? So, and how we walk with God in, in, in kind of transitioning and, and things changing, seasons changing and all that. So kind of, that's a wrap, time to move on. And uh, we're going to kind of look back a little bit, and then we're going to look forward. And so let me pray, and we'll dive into the Word today. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you speak to us. We pray that we're changed, that you minister to us, Holy Spirit, through this word. Change us, make us more like Jesus. And teach us, God. Teach us, Holy Spirit, teach us how to walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. And so here it is. Here's the big idea. Um, if you're with anybody, tell them that's a wrap. So we're about to move on out of this year into the new year. And with that said, uh, we got to learn to walk with God into, through, and out of the seasons of life. Okay? So um, as simple as that sounds, as basic as that sounds, that is so important. I think even us Christians, Christ followers, you know, Jesus pursuers, whatever you want to call us. Um, This can be daunting at times, but it is truly connected to our spiritual growth. And I'm going to say it again. We got to learn to walk with God into, through, and out of the seasons of life or the various, the diverse seasons of life, okay? Because life is made up of seasons. So we got to learn to walk with God through them. And so it is true that our spiritual growth is closely connected to our commitment to walk with God and to stay with God through it all, okay? Our spiritual growth is closely connected to our commitment to walk with God, to stay with God through it all. And why? Like why? Why do we need to learn to walk with God into through and out of the seasons of life. Why? And that brings us to our first point today, and it is that God is the only constant in our life, okay? Everything else is changing, everything. God does not change, okay? He does not evolve. He does not change. God is not transformed. He is not he does not change. With him, there is no variance. He just is. He was, he is, he will be. He is the I am, okay? The I am that always was, is, and will be. And so, 
That's the first point. I know that's simple, but here we go. Let's read the let's read some of the word of God here today. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read another um, few verses out of Isaiah 43 as well. And this is really speaking of this chapter, speaking of the Redeemer of Israel. It's really speaking about God, who God is in his nature and how he operates. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 43, verses one and two, it says this, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, see, O Israel, formed, created, our spiritual formation, our growth, our transformation is closely connected to our commitment to walk with God, okay? So it's kind of how this opens up here. And it says this, he, God says this, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, you are mine. Okay, praise the Lord. We rejoice at that. We can look at that and say, wow, that's like a, a snapshot of what salvation is, right? He's redeemed us. He's called us. He's called us by name. He's like, you are mine. We, we, were, um, we are not our own, the Bible says. We were purchased with the price. Therefore, we glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. Here in this verse, it's like this prophetic utterance concerning the church, really, if you really look at this, because it says, I have redeemed you and I've called you by your name. You are mine. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's amazing. Sometimes I think some believers kind of stop there and they just sit there and go, wow, awesome. I'm redeemed. You know, I'm saved. And um, God doesn't just want us redeemed in the sense of um, no longer a slave of sin, but he wants us to learn to walk with him. And so then this scripture kind of goes on now. Okay, you're redeemed. You're mine, which just speaks of identity, of who we are in God, how he sees us, and all that good stuff, but let's let's continue, right? Let's continue in the verse, but let's also continue in our spiritual maturity. And he says this, look it, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, um, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Okay, so there you go, right? So what is it saying here, man? It just speaks of our identity in Christ. We're redeemed, we're hit. I mean, God is, literally says there, you are mine. That's some good news. That's beautiful. We are God's property. He, we, we are his um, and we are loved and he get, tells us who we are. And we're established in who we are in Christ and all that. But then it goes on and says, man, you're gonna, but, you're going to walk through some things. You're going to go through some seasons. And the seasons described here seem like more of the tough seasons, right? Um, that you're going to, you know, pass through some waters. Um, and he said, I'll be there. You're going to, you're going to go through some rivers, but they won't overflow you. They won't, in a sense, they won't drown you. And you're going to walk through the fire, Okay and it shall not burn you. But the point is, we're gonna walk through it. So what's the point? What's the point? That's, you know, we're kind of, chronologically speaking, we are leaving 2023 here. Um, this is uh, when we're preaching this and sharing this here. Right now, this is New Year's Eve. And so what is the big point here? It's like, we gotta, we gotta stick with the Lord, okay? We gotta stick with the Lord, okay? And through the seasons of life, all right? And so, um, but, Sometimes, this is what I've noticed with believers, okay? That sometimes the tough seasons take people out. They take people out of faith. They, 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 they go through trials and they lose the faith. They go, or they go through trials and they just kind of wane spiritually. They, 
They, they, they, they don't remain strong and passionate and in pursuit of Jesus, okay? But also on the, on the flip side of that, sometimes as believers, uh, if we're not careful, um, sometimes the hardest things to walk out of are the quote unquote good seasons that have ended. Can I get an amen? Or the things we really enjoyed and loved. And because many of those things we kind of absorb in these seasons that are good, that aren't necessarily even trials, is we kind of absorb those things that God could be even providing and bringing into a season of your life, people, social environment, church, family, and you know, you got, you know, people around you that care about you. And those seasons do shift and change. And if we're not careful, we, 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 we won't let go of what is already gone. Can I get an amen? And so seasons change, just our, you know, the construct of things change. And so sometimes some people feel like, man, they're in their dream job or they thought it was and changed or they got fired or they left or it wasn't as, you know. And so we look back and we're kind of like, all is lost. What has happened? Right? And those emotions are real. And those situations are very real. But we must learn to come out of seasons and continue to walk with God, even if those seasons we wish never ended. But here's the point that seasons by nature, seasons, time, people, places, and things change and they will continue to change for better or for worse depending on our perspective or perception of them they are changing and so in the midst of everything else changing we must learn to hold fast to the hand of God okay we must learn to walk through the good the bad the ugly the mountaintops and valleys the 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 fire and the floods whatever you want to call it walk into them through them and out of them with God, with God, right? With God. And sometimes it's not easy, um, but we must. We must walk through it with God uh, because there are things literally that are totally outside of our control and we got to let go of what we don't have control over. Somebody say amen. So the question for all of us when we walk through seasons is where is God in this now? Where is God? Where's God now? What is, what is God doing? Because the point is, uh, as we read in that verse, God is omni, omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And he is in all places at all times. So our question is, God, where are you? And what are you doing? Because everything done changed, right? And we as spiritual people, Spirit-led people, Holy Ghost-filled people, Jesus-loving people, faith people, we must learn to walk through this and ask the question, where is God in this? What is God doing? God, where are you and what are you doing? Okay, if you can find God, you can walk through anything. Um, it's not that God is missing or God is necessarily hiding, I mean, but it could be that we need to seek him and find him, find him in the sense of, you know, 
Maybe we're so caught up in the things that we're not really thinking about God. We're not really meditating on his word. We're not really in his presence. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And so then everything shifts and changes and we're like, whoa, where's God at, right? And and maybe we just got distracted by all the other stuff and all this other stuff change and turn and shift. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? That was a great season. And then you see, you know, your photos on your phone from two years ago and you're like, oh man, that makes me so sad. Where is that person? What happened? You know what I mean? We got, for instance, in our house, we got Amazon Prime. And so for whatever reason, when we're on or we're using like an, um, like an Amazon product for our TV. Okay. Anyway. And so with that product, when we log in, it pulls our Amazon Prime photos up, like when, when we're not watching the TV or whatever, right? Like it just kind of defaults to the screensaver kind of thing. And we'll see photos from four, five, three, two years ago. And we're like, oh man, you know what I mean? It's interesting. It kind of tugs on your emotions. Like for bad or worse, it can make us sad. It can make us glad. It can make us, wow, you know, I'm glad I'm not in that place anymore. Or like, man, I don't know. Look at that one. Or, oh man, I miss that person. Or I miss those times. And that's normal. And that, those are real emotions. But when we're speaking of our spiritual growth, um, it can be extremely unhealthy to be trying to hold on to something that doesn't even exist anymore. It is not there. It is over. It is done. It's time to move on. Easier said than done, but this is the point. Um, when you're in the spirit, you know, the Bible talks about Simeon and Anna in the temple when they dedicated Jesus in the temple. The Bible says that Simeon went to the temple in the spirit. He was in the spirit. He was spirit led. He was in the spirit. And it's like when we are in the spirit, you know, we have this sense that there is more from God for us in our future. Can I get an amen, somebody? I'm gonna say it again. When we're in the spirit, when we're spirit-led, when we are seeking God, when we are communing with God, when we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth, we are spirit-led, when we are spiritually minded, we, regardless of season change, in our spirits, the, the immaterial, eternal part of that God in us, that part of us, eternity is in the heart of every man. When, when, we, when we tap into that, right, we have this sense, we just know that there is more from God for me in my future. I am telling you, spirit-led people don't get caught up in the past. They, spirit-led people, can move on with God. Continue to walk into, through, and out of the seasons of life. Okay, here it is. Let's move down on Isaiah 43. Okay, quickly. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this. This is in the context of speaking of the Redeemer of Israel. It says this in verse 18. Do not remember the former things. You know, Philippians, forgetting those things that are behind. It's in Philippians 3, right? Pressing forward to the things that are ahead, right? Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, in rivers in the desert. Something in our spirit can see and sense the provision of God in our future, even if it appears to be a desert all around. There's something in us that says, keep following me. Like God's like, just keep coming. 
just keep swimming, okay? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Like God's like, hey, I'm gonna do a new thing. Um, now it'll spring forth, shall you, shall you not know it? You gotta know it by the Spirit. You gotta know it by the Spirit, um, right? Hallelujah, all right? And so this is how we walk. Right? And so as we leave 2023, there might be some things, hey, you need to just leave it alone. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Drop it off. Leave it there. Drop off. You know what I'm saying? Let it go and move on. Okay? It's like, you know, how we we want to like donate old clothes and stuff for clothes that we don't want to wear anymore and we leave it in our trunk for how long? I'll be honest with you right now. I got a bag of clothes in there that we haven't dropped off yet and it's been in there for weeks. Right? It's like, man, let's get rid of this. Let's just let's just move on. God's gonna do a new thing. I gotta leave the old garments behind. Can I get an amen? Doesn't mean we don't miss it, doesn't mean we don't reminisce, doesn't mean we can't shed a tear. But the point is, even if you have a moment, you have those feelings and emotions that are very real and normal. Look at what I'm telling you right now, is challenging you right now is don't live in the past. It doesn't exist, it's gone. It is gone. It's time to move on. It's time to get up and move on. Can I can I get an amen, somebody? It's time to get up out of 2023 and get into 2024. And so here it is. Here's my next thought here. Essentials for 2024. Essentials for 2024. And I'm going to say them first, then I'm going to talk about them. But here they are. Essentials for 2023. I got three, three things. Three things I'm just telling you. They're, these aren't just essential for 2024. They're essential for your life as a believer, as a follower of Christ, absolutely essential, absolutely essential for your life. And the first one is people. People are absolutely essential for you. And we're gonna talk about that. Um, presence, meaning God's presence, of course. But we need people, we need presence. And when I say presence, I mean God. I mean God himself in our life. And we need purpose. Um, and so there they are. I said them kind of fast, um, but we're going to go into them now. So the first one here, essentials. Essentials for 2024, people. People. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, and let us consider one another. It really means be mindful of one another. Acknowledge, be aware of one another. Speaking of people, those around us. And why? Why, why must we consider others? Why must we be mindful of our relationships and the people in our world, the people in our life. Why? In order, there's a purpose there, in order to stir up love and good works. Stir up love and good works. And so we need people. I am telling you right now, um, sometimes it's very healthy to pray about those in your inner circle, lift up your friends, Pray over those relationships, those that are with you in your journey with God. Pray over those people. Pray for them, but pray for the relationships themselves. Pray over them, right? And so this is kind of the main thing here I wanted to give you guys. Make an effort to develop the relationships that feed you spiritually. Make an effort. Make an effort this year to develop the relationships that feed you spiritually. Okay, that are kind, that are stirring you in love and good works. Um, so important 
for your journey. So important for you, so important for your spiritual health. I mean, and if, if, if we can give attention to our spiritual health and authentically um, listen to God and engage in the relationships God has brought before us, it touches every area of our life. Okay, and so here we go. Why people? I'm going to give you three things. Why people, right? You might be asking. Here it is. Um, why people? Because people keep us humble and grounded. All right? There's just something about people that keep us humble. <laughs> All right? Relationships. People that really know us um, and grounded. Next one, relationships um, bring enjoyment to life. If you're going to enjoy 2024, you got to have people in your circle, okay? And the third one is God uses people to help shape us. And so really, God has brought people into your life that really help and assist, whether they're intentionally doing it or not, those people that God has brought into your life, they're a part of your spiritual formation, your literal identity in Christ. Your, this identity God is forming in us, God uses others to help with that shaping process. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 18. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so uh, the next one, first one was people. And I ended that one with people with that God uses people in our um, identity in Christ. God, there's something about our personal fellowship with Jesus and our fellowship with others in the kingdom of God that God uses both to form us. Can I get an amen? And so 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 18, um, speaking of the spirit of the Lord, we beholding as in a mirror, the veil is taken away in Christ and we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so the second one, first people, second is presence. Presence. God's presence. God in our lives. God's, manif God's manifest presence. Um, God's, um, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, just God in our life. Our communion with God. Our fellowship with God in prayer, the word worship, fellowship with other believers, the communion of the saints. You know, when Paul kind of, one of the, the, the last chapter, and I believe 1 Corinthians, I don't have this verse here, but it, his kind of benediction was Paul's to the, Paul to the Corinthians. Um, he says, may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, Okay. And so when we say presence, God's presence, um, you know, it's more than just a worship event, right? Or some kind of conference that says in his presence conference, right? Or it, it's more than just 
like going and church leaders create this atmosphere for prayer and worship, although that is awesome. But God in his presence does not reserve himself for a church building, although when his people gather, he's in their midst, you know, and where two or three gather in his name, he's there. Um, but God desires for us to make a personal conscious decision to commune with him privately and in community, okay? And so I think sometimes if we're not careful, we, because of this whole kind of buzzword of God's presence and this buzzwords of worship and these kind of things that have kind of become popular, these kind of this notion, and I think it's not bad that people are talking about God's presence, but um, I think sometimes we can get caught up in the norm or the popular language. But when, when I say God's presence, it's, I mean, making the personal choice to honor God with my life and my lifestyle, right? I'm talking about, you know, just making the personal choice to seek him, to pray, to um, worship, to commune, to talk to God. Like, you know, that he is there, he is present, and we can get in prayer and experience him in his presence, okay? So it's kind of like we talk about why, why people, now why God's presence. Um, you know, so God's presence in our lives, I'm gonna give you three things here. Um, it makes us more like Jesus. God's presence, when we spend time with God, he changes us, right? When we spend time with God, you know, he makes us more like him. As we read in, in 2 Corinthians 3, that we're transformed, okay? And also, when we're in God's, when we spend time with God, and we have communion with him, he produces the fruit of the Spirit in us, right? So our nature starts to change. Our habits change. Our thinking changes. Our attitudes change. We start to experience healing, deliverance, right? We start to grow and develop and produce the fruit of the Spirit, right? So it makes us more like Jesus. It produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and... In God's presence, when we spend time with God, we commune with God. When we commune with God, He sanctifies us and He makes us more holy. Okay? So, because of our faith in Jesus, we've confessed Him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are positioned as having peace with God. Um, the guilt of our sin is not hanging over our head. We've repented. Um, but there is something in the scripture called sanctification, which is really the process of truly living a holier life. And we are all in that process. But if we authentically spend time with God in his presence, his presence sanctifies us. Um, when we grow in relationship with him, we are changed and we start to develop. You know, John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. 
And so this year, essential for 2024, is people and it is presence. All right? The next one is purpose. All right? Purpose. Purpose answers the why of your existence. Okay? As mysterious as purpose is, because it is mysterious, um, in Christ, we live with a sense of purpose. Okay? We, we in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you because of the Holy Spirit, because of Christ, because of the word, that you have a sense of purpose. You, 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 you have a why. There's a reason I am here. There's a knowing. Um, you know, there, 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 eternity's in the heart of every man. There is something in us that tells us, the Holy Spirit, that I have a purpose for you. There is a reason you are here. There is a calling on your life. There is, there is a vocation. You are an ambassador. You are a representative of heaven. You are a kingdom representative. There is a why and you have purpose. I'm telling you, going into this year, um, we need people. The people God has brought to us. We need presence. We need God's presence. And we need to have an a deeper understanding of divine purpose for us and the community we're a part of, all right? And so here is my challenge to you with this said, purpose. Everybody say that with me. Say people, presence, and purpose, okay? And so um, here's my challenge. Make this year, make the concerted, concerted effort to remain missional. Remain missional. Meaning, this life is not just about me and what I want and what I get. We are on a mission. Um, we have a cause. Um, we have a mandate from heaven on the earth. And it is, it's not that God's not gonna provide for us. It's not that God's not gonna give us the desires of our heart. It's not that we can't enjoy and have our me time, okay? But the our very existence isn't about our me time. <laughs> Can I get an amen? That we are called and we have a mission to fulfill, to preach the gospel. We have a mission to fulfill, to share Christ. We have a mission to fulfill, to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We have a mission to fulfill, to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. We have a mission to fulfill, make disciples of, of every nation, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a mission to go to Jerusalem, Judea, to the Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We have a mission. We praise God for all the other stuff, the things. Praise God for you wanting to go buy yourself a pair of shoes or whatever, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not throwing all of that out. I'm just saying that my challenge to you in the midst of this life and doing what you want, what you feel, is, hey, make a concerted effort to remain on mission. Make a concerted effort to remain missional. Why? Because that is what the church is here for. We as a church, our vision is, we exist so that you can encounter God. Walk in freedom. 
fulfill God's purpose. And what, what does it end with? Our vision as a church to change your world. We're on mission, folks. The mission exists. The mission is here. The mission doesn't change. We're here to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Here we go. When we're missional. This is why being missional is so important. It is the gospel. It is the gospel. Um, it is the mandate. If you are in Christ, you're a part of the body of Christ. You have a position, a place, a responsibility. You have weapons. You have an anointing. You have spiritual gifts. All of that points to mission. All of that points to changing your, your world, okay? And so I'm just gonna give you some thoughts here, okay? When we're missional, so it's kind of like why people, we talked about that, why presence, why God's presence, and now why mission? Why, what is the importance of being missional? There's so much, but I just wanna encourage you today, um, church, you, you need to remain missional. You gotta understand you're on a mission and you're not just here to go to school, get a job, make money, go home, watch Netflix, get up, go to work. Come on now. I understand the, the, the grind of life and all of that in that sometimes things can be very mundane. Uh, that's just the way, but that doesn't take away the bigger picture of mission. That there's a mission for us that we're called to be a witness for the kingdom, for Christ, and to see what God can do through us for his glory. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna go through these quick. I'm almost done, all right? Uh, why mission? When we're missional, we can navigate seasons better. Okay, back to seasons. We can navigate seasons better because when we're missional, we have a mindset that says, wait a minute, this is tough. I don't understand. My, my emotions are getting riled up or, I'm, you know, I'm getting emotional in this moment, but wait a minute. Mission-minded people are like, wait, there is a bigger picture going on here, okay? That we can, when we're missional, we, we don't get caught up in the small stuff. We don't sweat the small stuff, okay? When we're missional, when we're missional, it helps to keep us from living selfishly, okay? Um, because we're on mission, okay? And, and when we're missional, you know, it's it requires sacrifice, okay? Being on mission will require us to sacrifice at times, okay? Um, and it, it helps us um, to not live selfishly, okay? I'll say this right now. From a biblical perspective, being missional, it, it, it keeps us in healthy theological parameters. You know, it, it helps us from being like a bless me club. You know what I mean? Where it's about me and what I want and what I like and what I want and I want more and I gotta have more. Right now it's, wait a minute. We are here to preach the gospel, be a witness love people, love God, make a difference for the kingdom, right? Also, being missional, 
Uh, when we're missional, we're, we're more generous because we're, we're not caught up in ourselves. We're more generous, whatever that might be, time, talent, or treasure. Wait, I'm on mission here. This is a, I'm on a mission. I am on a mission from God, okay? And, you know, people that are generous, you know, there's something that generous people see a broader picture than themselves. There's just more going on than my little life and what I want and what I think I should be and how I think I should be perceived by other people. Somebody say amen, all right? When we're missional, this also helps to clarify our core group. It clarifies the core, right? When, when God put Gideon on a mission, he went from a large number of soldiers down to 300. And so the mission clarified the core. Come on, somebody. Um, I'm telling you, when you're on mission, it helps bring clarity to who should be in your inner circle. And I'm not talking about being elitist or anything weird. I'm just saying you're on mission. When you're on mission for God, and when you have purpose, and you're intentional about your time, your talent, and your treasure, um, not everybody wants to jump in that boat. And that is totally a work of God. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, so mission clarifies the core. Hallelujah. And here's the importance of mission. I already kind of mentioned this. But when we're missional, we're truly living the gospel. All right? And so let me end with this verse. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, and it reads, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee and to the mountain which Jesus had appointed to them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Somebody say mission. Go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. In here, these verses, you find people, 11 disciples. You find presence. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you find purpose. Go therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. When we go into 2024, let's pray about these things. Lord, bring the right people into my inner circle. God, we I'm gonna pray right now. Father, we just in pray, God, that, that you would connect us to the right people this year. In 2024, God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would connect us, truly, authentically connect us to those that are a part of the purpose you've given us. God, ignite purpose in us. Connect us to the right people, God. And I pray, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, that we personally and intimately, God, would experience and walk in your presence this year like never before. God, this is our prayer, that we walk with 
the right people this year. God, let our core inner circle be those that you have designed to be there. And God, Lord, we're hungry for your presence. And Lord, we pray that you would ignite and bring, uh, Lord, an awareness and give us revelation of the specific purpose you've called us all to. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.